Welcome back to Ginger Squared, the real Ginger Squared. The real, not fake, Ginger Squared. Um, I just really needed to make that point uh, because some people, I guess, um, like to impersonate others on the internet, which I found out. <laughs> I found out uh, firsthand yesterday, which really threw me a real one because I was in a park. Just having a good old time reading my book and then I check my phone and like six people message me saying there's definitely someone impersonating you on Instagram or is it you? I love how people, I feel like a few people really thought it was me, like Bridget. (laughs) (laughs) So essentially an account made... Like, my same account, like, my same username, missing one letter, which is essentially, it's really just my real name. Um, And then same Mm -hmm. profile picture, but, like, took a screenshot of it, and you could still see, like, some of the white from the screenshot. And then also my bio. That's lazy. My bio, which is just my school. And they spelled my school wrong. (laughs) So that was (laughs) great. And then they followed, like everyone that I follow (laughs) and then they messaged them and they said how are you doing first and so Bridget who is my best friend she really she thought it was me (laughs) so when when I messaged her on Instagram saying how are you doing well not really me the impersonator um she said bad (laughs) and she just thought it was me and she's like i'm really glad i didn't open up to the stranger um which was great um and i and they also but there was more to it so essentially they said how are you doing the person would reply which honestly has really highlighted how badly you know i've i've been at like keeping up with people like during the pandemic which has been great um, thanks for that impersonator. Uh, and then, then they would say, <laughs> actually, I want to read it cause it's really funny. What do you think about this Trey? I messaged Trey too. So what was, was... hold on. So what was the end goal of this impersonation? Oh, oh, you'll find out quickly. They like, is this like fishing? Like they want, they want money? Uh, yeah, I'm sure it would probably lead to that. <laughs> it's actually... I don't think anyone got to the fishing part or, like, the the scam part. It was all just the setup. So, I think it's funny. Okay, so this person said... Maybe they were just lonely. This person said, I'm good, all things considered. And then I, in quotes, I, not really me. I'm doing great and extremely happy. I hope you have heard about the recent good news recently. (laughs) (laughs) Very articulate. Yeah, that was very funny. And then they said, I have not, question mark, like my friend. And then said, the publisher clearinghouse PCH program is helping full and part-time workers, retired, widowed, unemployed, and disabled in the community. People who need assistance paying for bills, buying a home, starting their own business, going to school, or even helping raise their children. I just got $150,000 cash delivered to me when I applied for the PCH program, dot, dot, dot. So, this is like 
a not at all targeted attempt what do you to make people believe that you got 150 grand for no reason at all and that they can too yeah that's how, how i'm interpreting pretty this. much i really thought i i'm glad it was because at first i what i didn't know it was like a scam i thought maybe it was someone i knew <laughs> who was i don't know like Andrew, <laughs> literally like Andrew, like and bastard. I'm going to talk about my deepest darkest secrets, even though I really don't. I don't have much, but I was still like interesting. I thought, I thought they were gonna do like a create a, I don't know, I don't know, some kind of slander account. <laughs> interesting. That's something we would have done exactly. in high school. That's why I was like, oh god, I feel like this this could be something. Um, but I'm I'm very glad it was just just a scam, and I hope no one fell for it, because I really didn't do much to like be like, hey, this person's impersonating me. Don't. I was just like, people will understand probably. It's interesting that you your account specifically was chosen <laughs> for this Can't, sort of right, scheme. Right. I feel. I don't know. Like, no offense, but I don't know how you're like on the radar in terms of like targets what do you mean for like a money scheme why like why would they be like oh delaney's account perfect for this sort of attack See? okay now you're making me paranoid <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's weird how would they even isn't your account private no i actually just recently unprivated it so oh well th- yeah i feel like I have, I have nothing to it's say. It's got to be pretty random. Maybe it's because I used the hashtag Blake Shelton fan in my last post. That could have <laughs> drawn some attention. Do you know Blake Shelton? No. You don't? You do, no. You don't know who he is? No, I, is that a singer? Yeah, Blake Shelton, the country. You, you like is country? it the guy on The Voice? Yes. Okay, so I, I kind of know, but that's all I know about him. So I, so we had some friends who came and visited for spring break, and we really wanted, you know, we were really trying to decide what's the best song to pick them up at the airport. Mm. And, you know, we were going through some country songs, you know, Tennessee whiskey, whatever, but it was kind of too slow. We, we, need, we needed something with a little more, you know, oomph. And so we found Blake Shelton's song, boys around here have you heard of it no well can i read the lyrics to you it's worth noting though that i would like rather die a slow burning death than listen to any country song okay i used to be like that but then i found this song and i'm a changed person let me read the lyrics um okay so this is how it starts Red, 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 red neck. I've I've definitely heard that. At least that <laughs> line. Maybe on TikTok or something. Okay, and then there's Yeah, what and what they call work, digging in the dirt, gotta get it in the ground for the rain come down to get paid. To get the girl mm. and your four wheel drive. 
I don't understand. It gets so much better. Country music, like it's, it's for the, the is common that, man. Is that supposed to be relatable? Yeah, it is. To the common man. The common is the common you know, man into agriculture. Yeah, the common, the common uh, construction actually blue collar workers. Wait, I thought the lyrics were implying this guy was, like, planting seeds in a field. No. What they call work, digging in the dirt. Construction. Oh. So, yeah, this is, like, a a general contractor. It, it gets better. It gets better. So, this is the chorus. Okay. The boys round here drinking that ice cold beer, talking about girls, talking about trucks, Running them red dirt roads out, kicking up dust. The boys round here, sending up a prayer to the man upstairs. Backwoods legit, don't take no shit. Chew tobacco, chew tobacco, chew tobacco spit. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it's got to be my Yummy. new favorite song. But my, my favorite line, which was my caption to the Instagram post was, Well, the boys round here, they're keeping it country. Ain't a damn one know how to do the Dougie. It's a really good song. I'd just like to say that as a um, in a couple months resident of the state of North Carolina, I find your accent incredibly offensive. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I... what you just did I think is no better than impersonating someone from, from India or something. You think? <laughs> a, a little bit. However, let's not look past the fact that all of those lyrics are dumb <laughs> and make absolutely no sense. Chew, chew, chew. chew. That's all he no, could come up with? chew tobacco, chew tobacco, chew tobacco, spit. Oh. Wow. <laughs> That's powerful. But, but I think we need to talk about how... Blake Shelton is a multi-millionaire, I'm sure. Definitely, at least. Um, and he has an album called Minimum Wage. <laughs> yeah. I think he's so, the face of the... Of the Republican Party? Or, yeah, probably the bourgeoisie. You know, he's making content for, you know, us minimum wagers. We'll see him. I understand that angle, because... The people he's trying to appeal to, that makes sense. Yeah. What I don't understand is the people listening to it that are like, yeah, minimum wage. And then they're also like, man, Joe Biden, his tax plan, going to take all my money away. It's like, Listen, brother, there's no way that you make enough money to even be taxed anymore. <laughs> yeah. I just don't, I don't understand. I don't know where the miscommunication yeah, I feel lies. Like this, I feel like this comes around every episode. We're just like, yeah, we don't really understand. Yeah. Can you tell this is a core tenet of my <laughs> yeah. beliefs? I don't. It's not even my beliefs. As an analytical person, I want the answers. And for some reason, they just don't exist. Yeah. There is. If I were to make a predictive model, which is what I do in most of my classes, it literally would be wrong every time, just like the polls were in like 2016, because statistically, it makes absolutely no sense what these people do and like how they politically affiliate themselves. 
that's all. That's all <laughs> I have to say. Speaking of models, yeah, speaking, just had an yeah, exam in there yesterday. Absolutely failed it. <laughs> um, I'm not going to lie. For like most of college, I always thought I was going to fail exams. But yesterday, I really thought I had it together. Mm-hmm. When I sat down to take this exam, I was like, man, is this what it likes to feel like? Is this what it's like to know the content you're about to take an exam on because it felt good it felt like an accomplishment like man i'm graduating in like 60 days and i finally figured out how to learn the content before i take the exam and i'm finally gonna feel rewarded instead of just like failing and then being like wow what was the point of even college and man was i in for a surprise because when i opened up that exam none of the questions made any sense to me at all and it wasn't like i didn't understand the class content because i did it was all clicking in lecture it's like man this class is like all review Mm -hmm. seems easy and then even like we had eight practice questions for this exam like a review it's a 36 question exam but she gave us eight to like sort of model what the questions are going to be like and I was like, man, these are just clicking. This totally makes sense. And she was like, I'm even going to use the same passages as in this practice exam in the real exam. I was like, man, I'm going to even like have the passages read and I'm going to understand the models we're talking about. It made absolutely no sense. It was nothing like what we've done. It was nothing like on the practice, which is the same as every other class in all of college, not all of college, but all of these like analytics classes it's always the same and it's like i feel like i need to be an actual data scientist like she is to understand what she is writing on these exams that's all so happy to inform you i will not be graduating next semester probably won't have the credits but that's fine because like 80 percent is probably good enough anyway next semester are you graduating this semester are you still graduating? Was that a joke? What did I say? <laughs> I mean, we'll see after true, she grades true. this exam. I'm sure. Hard to I'm say. I'm sure it was probably a shared thing. A shared experience. So maybe yeah. there would be a, a nice curve. I texted this girl and I was like, LOL, good stuff. Because that's like a good way to like test the waters without like upfront being like, I definitely failed yeah. that. Because like, LOL, good stuff could go either way. <laughs> I just wanted to gauge her response. I that? Yeah. Because she could be like, LOL, I know it was so easy. Or she could be like, yeah, that was rough. And that's like a neutral neutral yeah. statement. And she responded like, yeah, I'm still taking it. That was rough. And I was like, that's good because this girl is definitely smarter than me. So then I thought we were on the same page. So I was like, this girl also had no idea what she was doing. So I was like, yeah, not going to lie. That's probably the hardest exam I've ever taken. I thought we were sharing some camaraderie here. And she's going to be like, yeah, man, fuck that class. And instead, she responds and she's like, LOL, I wouldn't go that far. It wasn't too bad. Oh, but um, we definitely up. didn't learn it all. I was like, this girl, first of all, she's like, oh, yeah, like if I didn't know all the statistics from other classes, like I probably would have had trouble. I'm like you just baited me. Yeah. You just baited <laughs> me. And then you just like gaslit the fuck out of me. And I didn't care for it. But that's just like a social skill. Like, read the room. Like, even if you do, like, really good on a test and someone's sharing with you that, like, 
they did bad and it sucked, just be like, yeah, it fucking sucked. Like, got it. It was so draining, you know? Read the room. That's what I'm saying. I've never once been like, oh, yeah, that I didn't think that was hard at all. Sorry, you guys all had trouble. Like, when we were talking last week about these coding classes, when people ask me, like, very introductory questions that they should definitely know, I'm not like, man, I learned that shit when I was in diapers. I can't believe <laughs> yeah. you didn't know that. And that's basically what this girl did to me yesterday. And it felt bad. Okay, but what's worse, that or when someone you know says something like oh yeah like it sucked i probably did so bad and then they did really well on it that's what you do all the time (laughs) is it not that's what i remember (laughs) okay i feel like everyone in my life does that maybe i even do that i don't know but i feel like that's a very common thing um and i i used to do that like in high school i'd be like oh i definitely failed that and then i get like a b um, but in college, that mechanism is no more. I actually fail stuff sometimes. Mm, yeah. And that's just part of the gig. Yeah. I don't know. I was a little concerned. Not this class, but a different class I was in. Someone on Zoom was like, hey, professor, like, how much is participation worth and how much does that factor into our grade? And apparently I should start reading the syllabi because this guy, this professor... He's like, oh, yeah, like it's 5% of your grade. And for the final grade, I don't do that like A, B, C, D, F bullshit like all your other professors do. I do the grad school way. So like 50% of you get an A and 50% get a B. And like what you get is just like based on your distribution among the class. And I was like, that's way better because best case scenario, I get an A. And worst case scenario, (laughs) I get a B, which is pretty much an A to me anyway. Yeah. So it's a win-win. I understand for some high achievers that like want to graduate with a 4.0, that would be annoying because like the distribution sort of prevents you from getting an A perhaps. Yeah, but, yeah. Or it doesn't prevent you, but it makes it less likely than just like a simple point breakdown. Mm-hmm. But I wish everyone did it like that. I don't understand why like C is considered average. And then if you get like a B minus, you're like, yeah, sorry, that's like a 2.8. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah I hate how like grading point systems change from high school to college i don't i don't know what it is for my school but i know that like a b is (laughs) not great no like how it is here and i think how it is at most universities is an a minus is a three seven which is not how it worked in like high school But on, like, a college scale, if you get a 92.99, that's a 3.7 GPA, which blows. Because to get from a 92 to a 93 is astronomically harder Mm -hmm. than getting from, like, an 89 to a 90. What's an A plus Um, for you guys? A plus, it has no impact. So a 93 to a a 100 is all 4.0. And you don't get, like, extra weight for an A plus. Wait. A 93 to 100 is a what? A 4.0. A 93 is an A. And an A is 4.0. And then getting an A+, you don't like get extra points. It's just still an A, which is also bullshit. Wait, what is a 3.7? An A- is a 3.7. So 90.01 to 92.99. What's a B+. 
An 87 to 89.9. But on a grading scale. 3.5. We're 3.3. Wait, no, it's got to be a 3.3. 3.5 wouldn't make sense because a B is a 3. Isn't that bullshit? 3.3. Now, if I got a B plus, bleh. Yeah, isn't that brutal? And then for, because I was just getting the emails, to graduate with distinction here, you need a 3.7 or higher. And it's like, okay, so that means I got all A's and A minuses like ever. That's brutal. Literally. Because that's not the distribution for the classes I take. Actually, the average is like B's. That's interesting. Yeah. Like that's tough. Yeah. I don't, I still feel like I'm in that limbo where I don't know if I should care about my GPA or not. Yeah, you definitely shouldn't. But, like, it does matter if you want to go to grad school. Yeah, especially if, like, you want to go to, like, a a reach school. Yeah. Like, if you need to be competitive no and, part like, of test me, scores and stuff are not to your advantage. No part of me wants to go to grad school, but for some reason I want to keep it on the table. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe law. Probably not. I I tried to declare this... my major. What were you going to say? Okay. No, go keep going. I was, um, well, I tried. Uh, the, well, the deadline was March 1st, so it's currently March 5th. So, oh well. Um, <laughs> but I tried to fill out the form, and turns out, okay, this is definitely just me being not proactive, but turns out... You have to meet with someone in the department first before, like, before you declare your major. So I have to meet with someone from the department, and it's spring break currently, so I couldn't do that. So I have to wait yeah, to silly. declare my major. And then it's also like, you can also not get approved for your major. Like, what happens then? I know I'll get approved. <laughs> so I know I'll get approved for. Uh, my one major that I'm trying for now, but I also just decided that without taking any film classes, that I'm going to be a double major (laughs) in film. And, but my friend was like, you probably won't get approved for it. Well, why not? I'm okay. Never mind. I know why not that it makes sense. I don't understand how this approval pro like, do you mean because like, the school it's like a different school no like a different college within the university no not at all you have to like list the courses that you've taken already like and you have to like meet with someone in the department i guess if i met with someone in the department but the thing is i think that's common practice yeah i've just taken uh no classes related to film well why don't you start with that yeah yeah i figured that would (laughs) probably be i don't know how it like how these systems are arbitrarily determined i had to apply to graduate in october you to apply it's like what do you mean i was like what do you mean apply to graduate and they're like yeah we have to like audit your coursework and your transcripts and then like get you on the register to be like allowed to go to commencement and i was like in october how do you even know i could fail like half my credits before then that's weird. <clears throat> like, even now, they're like, finals end May 7th, you graduate May 8th, and everyone goes to commencement, but if you don't meet your degree requirements, you just won't get mailed the diploma. 
I'm like, that's bizarre. Yeah. Fun stuff. I don't know. I don't understand how all of that's determined. And yeah, I think that is common practice. If you want to like add majors, you have to like where I go to like in the program I'm in, you can add them on and like not talk to anyone. But I'm pretty sure if I wanted to go to like the engineering school and add add a second major over there, they would have to like approve it. And I think it's the same for like like if I wanted yeah. a Spanish minor, that school would have to approve it too. Yeah. <clears throat> Which seems silly because listen, I already got into the school. <laughs> I can already enroll in the courses if I wanted to. Yeah. So why can't you like award me the thing when I meet all the requirements without like a special approval? It seems very like, um, I don't know, politically motivated or something. Yeah. We don't have don't like different it. schools. Well, we have different schools, but in a different sense. Anyway, I want to change the subject. Can I change the subject? <laughs> yeah, this... Before you change okay. it, this professor okay. of the exam I just took, she emails us and she goes, Hi, everyone. The correct answers for exam one are visible until 12 p.m. on Tuesday. If you have any questions, please post it in the discussion board, which is another thing I'll talk should about. We go through your, that's incredibly should annoying. we go through your exam right now? No, that's the thing. She didn't post the greater answers. She just sent an email that said they're available till Tuesday. Nice. <laughs> Which is like such a, a slap in the face. Wait, she, so she didn't tell me. you your grade, but she gave she's giving you the answer key? No, no. She hasn't given us anything. Which means that she sat down on her computer and instead of being I'm like, confused. oh, my students are probably curious how they performed on this exam. She instead used her time to produce an email that says, oh, your exam grades are view like the correct answers will be viewable until Tuesday. But she didn't give us the answers. She didn't give us the grade. She just made an announcement. And that's all she did. Okay, so nothing's uploaded yet. So like, that's just like a dick in the face to me. It's because you were like, sorry, I like know your grades, but you don't get to see them. But you can see them before Tuesday. I'm still so confused. What do you mean? Doesn't that email imply that she already uploaded them? Yes, but she didn't. But maybe it's so. A the glitch. email is useless. Maybe it's like a... No, 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 no. <laughs> this woman is insane. Think, I feel like I doubt that. I doubt her her malicious. No, intent. I swear. the The grades are not posted. She just said she must be releasing them yeah. soon. Yeah. But that was like twenty minutes. I don't know what. I think she'd. And this professor. Another thing that annoys me is this is like complex math, like stuff that. If you need help, like oftentimes asking your friend will be of no use to you. Like you need direct help from the person mm -hmm. who designed the question, which is our professor. And she has this policy that we can't email her for help. We have to post in a discussion board what our question is. And then she waits 24 hours to see if other students can answer it for us. And then she'll respond. Mm. It's like, yeah. That's cool and all, but like no students ever know the answer anyway. So it's really just you wanting 24 hours to respond to these questions. Yeah. Which is like dumb because then like it's like, what? TAs? I don't think this class does. That sucks. That's like the only way, like, I feel like. What I've found in college is that 
your 100 and 200 level classes have TAs because the class size is between like 20 and 100. And for whatever reason, the professors don't like grading or anything. And some of my like accounting courses, we've had like discussion because the material is hard. Um, but as I've gotten like this class is like 492 as I've gotten to like the 300s and 400s, we just like don't have TAs. And I don't know if it's because like the professor was like, no, I don't need one. Because I'm pretty sure graduate students can just be like assigned to like be GAs, yeah. like all of them. So I don't know whether it's like this professor was like, no, I don't want one. There's no work for them to do or what. But no, we don't have TAs. So if we have a question, we have to post in this discussion. And then no one answers it until her like 24 hours later. That's whack. I feel like... It's like, that's cool. But you're assuming I'm being proactive with like learning everything. Yeah. I feel like TAs are very helpful. So it's whack that a class that difficult doesn't have TAs when so many people have questions. And a lot of the hard classes in my program, there are like peer tutors and like tutoring services yeah. and like mentors. But once you get this high up, man, <laughs> yeah. it's just sink or swim, yeah. like either fail or graduate. They don't really have any help for you yeah. available. It's so like, that's tough. And I don't want to be like publicly anti-professor, but I just don't understand what they do. Like, <laughs> Okay, you design you design the slide deck once. Or some of them take the approach of not even designing it themselves. Yeah. They just use like a Creative Commons one from another professor at some other university. And the same with their quizzes. And that's how so many of them are on Quizlet, even though they're from other schools. So I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt, saying that they created their own slide deck and syllabus and quizzes and, and content. So you make that once. And then it's just like, it's the same as like buying a rental property and renting it out for your whole life. You make the slide deck once and then you just talk for like an hour a week. And then most of them have TAs that like do all the grading and stuff. It's so true. like you're getting this insane prorated salary. Most of you are tenured and you get like your PhD paid for and you don't even do anything. I'm sure there's more to it. I feel like there's a lot of like logistic things that like take up a lot of time with teaching. Like reviews and audits and like reviews what i'm do sure they have to reviews? develop a curriculum and like every semester and like oh. submit it and they also probably teach multiple classes sometimes or like Can't are doing research the same one they also though? do research like don't they because like oh well a lot of them do but usually the research benefits them like they get a grant for it i don't know yeah like, I feel like that develops your own career more than it, it helps the university. But yeah, like, that's another thing. Glad you mentioned that. <laughs> because I've had law professors that are like, oh, my so-and-so research grant. It's like, research? What are you researching? <laughs> the books? What do you, Trey, there's so much to research. <laughs> okay, if you're like an engineer like so and you get a research like grant, I'm like, okay, that's cool. Psychology. That's true, because this... This professor who I was just saying all this about, she does data analytics research and she like does like data sets with millions of records about like CDC data and like evaluates trends with like hospitals and stuff. That I understand. That's useful. But like law research? Come on. What does that mean? <laughs> okay. I feel like for like... No, provide me, provide okay, me one fine. idea you have of fine. what they do. So for cases... 
Like, you need a lot of research done in order to, you know, provide your own case and, like, for to support a certain side. Yep. Yep. So, like, it could be for an individual case that they're, like, building evidence for in research, which they might have to do large Yeah, hear me out, though. They're not practicing law. They're just teaching it. Because, yeah, you're right. When you're talking about, like, cases, especially civil cases, the discovery phase for establishing your argument is usually years. Years. Mm -hmm. And that's why they're so expensive is because those are billable hours for years that probably not like an actual litigator's researching, but like a paralegal or something is doing research for a long time. Okay. But these people are just teaching law. I'm sure they're, but okay, they also could be studying law and the way it's implemented and enforced. I don't know. I know I'm giving <laughs> off conservative vibes right now, but it just seems like a waste of money and I don't understand what like the concept a, is. That's a good representation of you. You just sometimes give off conservative vibes. Well, that's, it's because I don't just like blindly follow one platform I really do what you're you can't do and I just cherry pick what to believe on every single issue. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't really work. Mm. Mm. I'm trying to become um <laughs> more of a communist. What do you mean more of I a communist? I don't know. Never. I'm not even a communist to begin with. I don't think I get that title yet. But I'm trying to become more of a leftist very excited about it well hold on now you're just well i know i know (laughs) now you're really just reinforcing stereotypes why you want to be a leftist but you're saying that you want to be a communist oh it's kind of similar no it is not okay no 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 no. liberal is different are you saying that all of the boomers on facebook that are like joe biden loves communism are you reinforcing their argument right now no left you think you think joe biden is a leftist (laughs) that's what i'm saying the people on facebook certainly do wait i'm okay okay so better example how about bernie sanders he's certainly not communist no okay that's the wrong okay i don't know i'm workers right socialist perhaps leftist and communism. It's a good thing we aren't living in like the 80s right now because we'd probably already be in jail. The 80s, more like the 50s or 60s. Are you? I thought that went all the way up until like when did uh, when did Soviet oh, Union yeah, collapse? It was probably taboo, but I feel like like with the end of McCarthyism. The Red Scare. When was that? I think that was like the 50s with McCarthyism or whatever. Oh, I need to do some more reading. <laughs> Or else my ethos just goes in the toilet. <laughs> okay. Same. Um, I just said I wanted to be so, more of a communist, so <laughs> I feel like that makes so me like in like less reputable. No, no, no. Let's okay. unpack okay. that. Okay. So you mean <laughs> like you think I just mean, communism? Now here, here. I will admit, communism as a, an economic function. Good idea. Mm-hmm. I'm all about. Now here, and here's where I don't, yet another fallacy in the conservative (laughs) ideology is they're all about cutting costs and being productive. 
And communism is probably the most productive economic system that exists. Yeah, sure. But they don't like it. So, like, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. Very productive. Makes sense. Less expensive. You just... It's more It really... I don't know if... So, I don't... I need to do... Like, I'm, I'm just saying I'm doing more research and I'm excited about it. But I'm more just anti-capitalist at the moment. But I, I also identify as a leftist. What tenets of capitalism do you feel like are the All ones that are inherently them. flawed? Literally. Oh, my God. Well, hold on. Oh, my. Hold on. Capitalism is the again, root of all evil. Again, I don't want to be construed as a conservative. <laughs> but in some cases, I am. And I do think that the the existence of capitalism definitely spurs most innovation because if you're not reaping the monetary benefits what increases your propensity to innovate nothing what's your motivation innovation innovation i just feel like like i mean china was mostly communist for years and they now that they have switched to more of a capitalist model, their innovation is insane. They're like beating us in every okay, metric. What do, you, what do you define as like innovation? Like technological innovation? I'm talking about like research and development to the extent that you're oftentimes investing more than your return would be yeah. if, if there was not the existence of intellectual property. Like places that don't have patents, innovation struggles because there's no reward for investing all of your resources to developing it because then people can everyone can use it and you're the one who paid for it so like when people develop a new drug it only pays off because they have the exclusive rights to sell it but i feel like but if we're talking if we're talking communism and like they would patents are no good because that's no good for society because we want to make the cheapest thing that'll help the most people and will benefit uh the state as much as possible yeah okay so but the thing is, like, the way I see all innovation under capitalism right now is none of it, yes, maybe it's spurring innovation at, like, higher rates, but it's not sustainable. Therefore, does it does not matter. It, well, under, like, what metric do you mean sustainable? Like, it's... Like, you know, like... Well, with labor and, like, with with fossil fuels and, like, energy resources, like, none of it, like, we are going to, you remember uh, The Myth of Progress? Do you remember reading that? Yeah. Like, how, you know, we might be taking steps forward, but it's inevitably going to lead to, like, steps backwards. Okay. I don't know, eh, especially well. the the fossil <laughs> fuel thing. I don't know that 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 capitalism is the driver for that. I mean, but we're damaging like things beyond Soviet repair. Russia used so many fossil fuels. They also didn't regulate it at all. No, yeah, well, there's been no accurate representation of like communism. But I also like understand what you're saying because the mechanism of capitalism certainly rewards like um big oil buzzword big oil (laughs) it certainly 
rewards their sort of attitude of like um doesn't matter what's the best for mm-hmm. the group it matters what's the best for the bottom line and for profits yeah and like even like sustainable portfolios they didn't even start caring about those until like five years ago when they realized that like the average consumer in 10 years is is going to care about that more yeah and i feel like so i don't know i don't know you know like just you know the mass exploitation of like the global south and uh you know well that's you know big buzzword but like also like i feel like capitalism (laughs) from like pro-capitalist people is like upheld as this like you know like freedom you know free trade you know like you know being able you know having choice you know the american dream um and is upheld as like this amazing system that like should be implemented you know along with democracy. yeah they're also against free trade though if you've ever noticed that kind of they like for some reason want to like tariff the shit out of everything while also being like freedom yeah sure it's like only freedom for you then but like the way that like these like there's there has to be a hierarchy in like the capitalist system where like there's like like the exploited and then the exploiter so like uh, like countries like the u.s now um i don't know i'm sure china now but like go back to like the 1950s like great britain you know france those were the big contributors and like in the middle east you know like everyone thinks like oh uh the u.s stands for democracy and they want democracy to be instilled in all of these places but they very much supported just like any dictatorship that you know allowed them access to oil and like mm-hmm. very much like literally participated in a coup to remove a democratic leader a coup try like 20 coups oh, in I'm like sure. the last I, 60 years i mean come but on i've learned specifically about one in one of my classes literally i i had no i have never heard of this but we literally reinstated like a dictator in order to like remain mm-hmm. like have access to oil and isn't it amazing how we participated in that i don't want to say struggle it really wasn't a struggle for us but we participated in that that exploitation that fight for so long and then now we just get oil uh domestically and it turns out we're the largest exporter in the world yeah bizarre how that happens yeah anyway i'm (laughs) trying to become more i'm trying to read up more that's my update but i actually i don't know but that's okay go on what i just that's not to say the the communist models aren't also exploitive uh like i don't you mean like well like i know i feel like there's like that's why they call it like the utopia those are perhaps i guess it depends how you look at it but those are perhaps like will we ever be able to achieve like an actual like communist like accurate representation you know just considered if, on like human if flaw? if communism wasn't so often accompanied by like fascism and authoritarian rule yeah 
I think it would be. Oh, of course. I'm not talking a about a viable <laughs> mechanism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but those two are always bundled together for some reason. Yeah, and it might be because like we don't want people to have the power, because then they might get some crazy ideas. But like people are certainly still exploited. Like, have you watched Chernobyl? No, the movie. Everyone I know is so sick of me talking about Chernobyl for like the last two years since this HBO series came out. But it is fascinating. Not only fascinating, but the series they made is the highest rated series ever on television. I'll have you know, it beat out The Sopranos, it beat out The Wire, it beat out everything. It is, that's my viewing recommendation for this week. It is fantastically produced. Um, the cinematography, the acting, the soundtrack. The soundtrack was produced using noises from HBO nuclear Max power plants. Password? Yes. Yay. <laughs> Side note, I'm also watching Silicon Valley. That's also very good. But Chernobyl. Like, how much do you know about the Chernobyl accident in general? Oh, I feel like... I don't, I, I don't know if I'd be able to uh, recall facts right now, but... I uh, did go through a little phase in high school. Of- <laughs> it is something that I feel like everyone should be forced to learn about. That's like nu- nuclear reactor meltdown. It wasn't a meltdown. The nuclear reactor exploded. So nuclear reactors can melt down and like still be like, I don't want to say not an emergency. Like that's certainly not good. But nuclear reactors melt down as like a mechanism for like not exploding like yeah. the meltdown okay. is typically like you would you would rather have a meltdown yeah. than like a bigger disaster so meltdowns are usually like fairly manageable and we have like mechanisms in place at least here we do but soviet russia they don't so much care about the safety because safety was uh expensive so because of how this reactor was built and they, to their credit, they didn't know that this was a flaw. But looking back, because of the way the reactor was built and sort of the low-quality materials they used in the design, an accident happened, um, and the reactor exploded. And that's already really bad. Because now you have... The half-life of uranium is like, I don't know, a, an incomprehensible number. Yeah. Like 500,000 yeah. years or something. It's like... This radioactive waste will exist. uninhabitable uninhabitable and it would have been manageable had the soviet union asked for anyone no no nay nay had the soviet union told anyone what had happened and maybe even asked for help (laughs) but instead instead they did not tell the people living adjacent to this facility what happened they did not want the rest of their own country figuring out what happened, so they locked the people in the city who were without a doubt going to die of radiation okay. poisoning in like the wow. next five years. Fun. They locked them in because they didn't this is this is a classic mechanism that all fascist regimes use where they're like people should be ignorant and that's they're better off because that will prevent panic and yeah. you're better off not worrying about it because yeah. you don't know it exists. Sure. So that's what they did. They locked the people in this town. So the rest of Russia wouldn't find out about it. And they eventually let them out when they were like, yeah, no, you should definitely let them out because the rest of the world, they don't like this. But the only reason that the rest of the world found out that this had happened 
was because in like Sweden and Germany, which mind you are pretty far from Ukraine, like they're not across the continent, but they're not like next door. Mm-hmm. Sweden and Ukraine, not Ukraine, Sweden and Germany were detecting radiation in the air and not like a little radiation. Like they were detecting radiation equal to like a thousand x-rays, like floating in the parks. And they were like, man, this isn't good. Where is this coming from? So then the U.S. sent some satellites over to Russia and they're like, man, there's like a like they're just dumping like more radiation than the Earth has ever seen, like every second. So really, it was a huge disaster. And I don't know what would happen if if Europe and like America hadn't even discovered and like stepped in. I don't know what would happen. And the Soviet Union, like they tried to cover it up even today. They've admitted to like two deaths from the whole disaster. And it's estimated that like millions, millions have at least hundreds of thousands because like radiation poisoning causes, even if it doesn't kill you, it it causes thyroid cancer and that's genetics. Then your kids get thyroid cancer and their kids get thyroid cancer. And what do you just not reproduce? Yeah. And like a ton of people in Europe now have thyroid cancer. And so like, but even like a docu-series or... It's a docu-series. Okay. They're like an hour long, and I think there's five or six episodes, and it's brilliant. And it's pretty, and they have like British accents, because like you can't talk in Russian and like have that be a viable series for people to watch. Um, I guess you could have done subtitles, but it's not distracting. It it, it watches very well. <laughs> but had they not like done the things that this could have been a world-ruining event, like this could have caused like nuclear winter our atmosphere could have been like unstable for like a hundred thousand like this could have destroyed the entire planet that's interesting i really need to because i went down the rabbit hole not of like probably the actual event but it was like (laughs) like the animals spotted in chernobyl and how they have like two heads and also that's another aspect genetic abnormalities and the the actual event isn't even the star it's it's what followed and i will say they did do, in terms of responding to this emergency, they did do what they could. They weren't like, oh, let's just not do anything. I mean, this took a, like, they had to dump something like a million tons of sand and boron on this fire. But they had to dump it from helicopter. So imagine, like, how much you can carry in sand on a helicopter yeah. times, like, a million helicopters like over and over again for like months and they couldn't fly right above it because that would make everyone in the helicopter die so they had to miss half the sand because they had to sort of half drop it and let the wind carry it on and that only solved like one problem because that that like stopped um stuff from blowing into the atmosphere but then that covering it in boron and sand just made the fire hotter so then it started melting down instead of up and there were like cooling tanks below that would explode. And you'll see if you watch the series, but these tanks, if they exploded, they were so pressurized that they would have been like 10 nuclear bombs, basically. And if you have 10 nuclear bombs explode, I forgot they test tornado signs here on Friday. That spooked me a little bit as we're talking <laughs> oh about Chernobyl. Oh my God. I was like, Jesus. oh my God, n- nuclear <laughs> meltdown. But... <laughs> If these hydrogen tanks exploded, they would have caused a huge explosion. Chernobyl had three other reactors that were active until like the mid-90s, even after 
that one reactor exploded. So that would have been like another world-ending event. And they sent these three Russian okay, nuclear scientists. Like you're spoiling the show. I want to watch. No, 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 no. Okay. 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 I mean, watch the show. But I'm just. This all reinforces the point that this was a communist regime. They sent three dudes below the nuclear reactor because it had to be done by hand to do this life-saving mission to save the rest of the world. And these guys died, like, very quickly after. They had to sacrifice their life, and they basically had no choice. And the Soviet Union was like, you do this because someone has to, and you do it for the state and the apparatus of the state because that ensures that everyone else will be successful. But none of that... And, like, that, that mindset, I don't like that. None of that is, like... Like, with what's, like, theorized, or, like, communist theory, like, none of that, like, it has not happened. Like, on, in a country, in a community, it has not, like, occurred, like, actual, geni- like, it's always been tied to fascism or, you know, like, a dictatorship. Do you, but, do you think, think that's because it has to be, though? Well... No, but I, I, I'm not sure. I'd, I'd like to be optimistic, and I think I have to be optimistic. But the thing is, like, for, like, the Soviet Union, like, they were communists, but they still had to compete. Like, they, they, they weren't just focused solely on, like, what communism, like, actually is. Like, I feel like they were still forced to, like, compete with the U.S. and, like, with, you know, Western Europe that, like, it prevented them or, like, prevented any, like, it's still, like, like, see, that's probably why, like, they had, they built this, like, nuclear reactor for energy, and they didn't build it, you know, with safety in mind, because they needed the cheapest solution. Like, I feel like communism more upholds, like, workers' rights and workers' safety. So, like, if that was actually accurate and, like, accurately done, then that wouldn't have happened in the first place. Do you think it does, though? Because, I don't know. And on, obviously we're all biased because we look at like communist China and communist Russia and certainly not a good record on the front no, of workers' rights. Not at all. Not at, at all. all. That's not... But don't you think that goes along with the mindset of like the common good? Like if one dude dies, but the common good is pushed forward. How do you quantify that loss? It seems minuscule. Yeah, I'm not sure, like, what that looks like in a society, but I'm saying, like, right now, to counteract, like, the immense damage that we're doing to, like, the environment and also just, like, the exploitation of people, that we need something a little bit more like communism, and I'm not sure if that's, What do we do? I'm not sure if that's some hybrid or, like, some new system, and I don't know, like, what communism would look like. If it was, you know, I don't know, in some way implemented, I don't think, like, that's maybe the solution. I don't know if we could ever do that. Um, Because there would always be someone who resists because of our past with communism. I don't know. But I'm just saying that we definitely need more, more protections of workers. I went to uh, a virtual, of course like i don't know if round table's the right word but a presentation that uh that my school was hosting and this dude's name was he's an environmental economist i should have invited you 
and he, I think he's like he's legit. He's like the president of like an energy institute in California, and I think he teaches at either UCLA or Caltech or something like that. Mm-hmm. Seems like Severin Borenstein or something like oh, that. Oh yeah, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and he was giving. I looked him up. He has legit credentials. Yeah. Um, he was giving this presentation about like, um. I was required to go for my analytics class because this sort of like ties into the models that we make and stuff. Mm-hmm. But he was talking about like global environmental economics and like how people look at big players like like China and the U.S. and they're like, you guys need to reduce your output. But then if you look at the total carbon output of the entire world, like obviously it's not good that the U.S. is like 20% of the total. But if you're looking at the number of carbon output, like that other 80% is also like a serious problem. And so many of those small fragments, like India right now, as much as they're a polluter on a ton of different fronts, carbon wise, they're not that big of a polluter. But the problem is once they like develop a little more to perhaps the extent that China has, like they will be by, they'll be by far the biggest polluter. And then you have to worry about like, okay. So say the U.S. pivots and changes their energy policy. What do you do about uh, about India, who is who will soon be polluting ten times more than we do now? Well, like what do you do about them? Well, that's the thing. Like this, this can't be like a domestic issue. It's not a domestic issue. Mm-hmm. Like that's why. Like I feel like you know we need to you know like globalism and just like how connected we are and so many different issues like both on an economic level an environmental level whatever you know like you know like the chernobyl reactor exploding in germany and sweden feeling the effects of it like i feel like mm-hmm. we're i don't know it's hard to visualize. i mean that is a good model because as soon as that was discovered um, everyone, at least everyone in the developed world cared because they were like, this affects all of us. Like every second that this continues, yeah, not good. And I'm hoping that eventually we get to like that sort of level mm-hmm. with the climate. And I don't know that everyone will hop on board. Um, but I think it's important that you have, s- I, the only instance in which I defend global superpowers is cases like this where you need to persuade a lesser power to get on board if you don't have any leverage on top of like india or something and they don't care what do you do Mm -hmm. because i think that's what will happen i think like the u.s and other global superpowers will hop on board and then the lessers will get bullied into sort of complying well the thing is like we have like like every year renewable energy becomes more one more effective and also more cost effective so it's like we need to you know like for these countries that are still developing i feel like it would be best for them to do the most like economically feasible thing to do therefore like i don't know putting more i don't know what that means like probably just more development of like renewable energy and making it like the most i don't know there's not like i guess like tariffs and stuff but like i don't i don't even know what that would entail 
but if they could be a producer of green energy that is like the most economically viable strategy that there is but that requires a lot of resources that underdeveloped countries don't have i don't don't think yeah it's i feel like it's a con like the un the un's like a paris agreement like yes it's an acknowledgement of all these things of all these like climate issues that are a problem but like there's no real way to like enforce it like the un can't like enforce it or anything um so it's kind of just like it has to become in a capitalist system it has to become the most economically feasible thing to do but at the same time like you know like renewable energy is like still like even right now at this moment like economically like a a good you know thing to invest in and switch to but like the amount of money and wealth that like big oil and like other fossil fuel like industry has acquired allows them to be a huge like contributor to like policy and like to initiatives and things like that I think they will have to be pushed by um, the consumer, basically. And they they have been pushed before. Like, British Petroleum, BP, their logo didn't used to be, like, a, a bright flower. They only changed to that because people were complaining, like, hey, you're, like, the largest polluter and the largest producer of crude oil, and that's, like, unacceptable. Mm-hmm. So BP basically bought a ton of... They acquired a ton of solar farms, more than anyone else, which, mind you, is still a minuscule number when they did it. Mm-hmm. But then they changed their logo to a flower, and then they said, we're the, we're the biggest producer of solar in the world, which was like 0.01% of their total energy mm-hmm. output. But they could say they're the biggest producer of solar, and then yeah. people shut up. And, okay, that's like a good point, but like that's also a thing is like, like consumers, like like especially like big tech firms, like like Amazon, you know, Google, I think, like, they've all started to uh, come out with, like, climate plans because they know it, it, you know, it's a growing issue that, like, consumers care about. But, like, still, like, their solutions aren't, like, we can't just, because their solution essentially is to, like, offset a lot of their emissions by planting more trees, Right. And yeah, sure. That's a that's a good idea. But those emissions in the first place are still the problem. So I feel like it's like not allowing scientists to like play more of a role in this or like I don't know. I guess like like all the solutions right now that like companies are proposing are yes, a good step in the right direction, but like we are past the point of like just some some good some right steps and and some good steps in the right direction like we need much more than that we need much a much broader um solution yeah <laughs> yeah I a lot of what i do is is risk and making models to predict risk and analyze risk and sort of the last 10 years or so those models 
absolutely take into account like environmental impact and a lot of investment firms now analyze that as a, a large component of their risk and they're like mm-hmm. if the if these people do not have the vision or capability to use a more renewable energy or produce more renewable energy they're going to be undervalued in 20 years and sure that's still motivated by money of course mm-hmm. but if you told a risk analyst 20 years ago about that i'd I think they would say you're banana. I think they would say like, what do you mean that like c- carbon pollution is in your risk model? Like yeah. that's not money. Like who cares? Yeah. It's actually, like now it is. I don't know. It's interesting because like some like scientists and like econ people have like put a monetary value on like ecosystem services because like I guess, like, people are, like, why Why do we care about the environment? Like, in terms of, like, granted, like, yes, like, agriculture, like, food, animals, wildlife, things like that. Like, ethically, we should care about the environment because of its beauty and stuff. But, like, there are so many, like, services that the environment provides us that, like, we are just not aware of. Like, you know, like, flood mitigation, you know, like, like the wetlands and, like, yep. southeast, like, U.S., like, so much flood mitigation, you know, pollution mitigation, like, uh, you know, so many, like, unknown species that, you know, could potentially, like, provide us medicine. Um, Literally so, so many different things. And, like, some, like, some people have put, like, specific, like, monetary values on it to, like, in some way, it's so, it's kind of sad that they, like, had to do this in order to be, like, in order to show the environment's value but like you know just we're talking like billions so much money like billions and billions of dollars of just like what there are countries that'll be underwater like literal yeah like island nations that'll be underwater and you have to like pay to relocate all those things yeah or to try and mitigate it and build seawalls and stuff yeah definitely and like our weather, like, you know, isn't caused by climate. It's a, it's a little different. Um, but, like, our climate and our, like, it's just going to increase, like, the intensity of, like, weather, which, like, also creates tons of damage and also death. So it's, like... It's certainly, it's certainly a little bit correlated. <laughs> if I were to apply the content from my exam, and we were to make Certainly. a passive prediction <laughs> model that includes the output of natural disasters. Mm-hmm. If one of the variables wasn't pollution, it would certainly be included in the error term. It certainly impacts the the likelihood of of large scale natural disasters yeah. in some way. Yeah, this definitely. has gotten so deep. I think we should get PhDs <laughs> I actually... and just teach. Have you considered, hear me out, have you considered getting a PhD and being a, a professor for some liberal college or something, and then on the nights you do stand-up comedy and you invite your students to come watch? 
That sounds so and then, awful. <laughs> and then some of your students record you and be like, dude, check out Professor So-and-so. Isn't this, like, funny? Or maybe they even think it's cringy, but it doesn't matter because it goes viral. Mm. And then you launch an internet platform and then you can be <laughs> then you can be a sort of influencer you can do global shows because everyone's like oh it's that professor that does stand-up isn't that so weird but like it has this tangible welcoming value where people are like this is cool honestly trey you've sold me i think i know what i, I think i do just now. set up an entire plan for you <laughs> and thank you, you so have much to follow it but i'll judge you if you don't Okay, I guess I, I guess I'm I am going to grad school now. <laughs> well, is is there an easy way I to get a PhD? <laughs> PhDs, you would think they're really difficult, but my brother just texted me the other night. He's like, I think I'm just gonna get a PhD, and I was like, What? <laughs> this is the guy who didn't even want to go to college. If he can do it, I can do now it. Now he's. Now he's finishing his second degree, and he's like, Yeah, I think I'll just slap on a PhD. And I was like, Why? He's like, For fun. Oh, good for him. I was like, this is where the military funds are going, but that's okay. All so right. yeah, I say get a PhD. I'll start working you on You can be a stat. teacher. And then a backup career is as this environmental stuff becomes a bigger issue, a lot of companies will start hiring more uh, consultants for sustainability initiatives. So you really have, you're diversifying your career options. I think you should look <laughs> into it. I will. I definitely will. I think maybe I'll be a stand-up comedian about the climate crisis to kind of break the news that's not what i said like but (laughs) if that would make you feel more fulfilled you should go for it maybe they could send me to the islands that are uh becoming flooded and uh you know be like hey hey guys isn't that (laughs) funny how your houses are gone we yeah but a new beginning this is awful. Okay, I'm so sorry. You know when I, I gave you, <laughs> I gave you a, a diversified plan that was hedging your risk, and it was. I know. A, I'm sorry. A, I a multi-option I'm still... career with a cool side hobby, and you no, turned I that. Know. I know. I know. I'm so sorry. You turned that into a bad career with no side <laughs> hobby, and I'm not sure how you did it, but you did. Okay, no, I'll take I'll take your I'll take your career. I, I'll do that one. I'll do that one. I just I thought we were you know brainstorming. I was giving uh, out an option. Okay, but I'll do your options. It's uh, it's much better. I uh, I just you know I thought I thought I could give my. Uh... I mean, absolutely. Keep the dialogue open. Um, <laughs> I'm just whatever... trying to declare my major. I I still haven't figured out whatever. how to do that. <laughs> so. What What did you want to declare though? Environment and sustainability and film probably not film yet oh wait okay so environment and sustainability is a major yeah is that a is that a ba or a bs ba okay interesting it's more of like the social sciences no that makes sense that you could go either way with that a mix of science just just enough it's really because environmental science you had to take calculus and physics and i was uh, no, that makes sense. I'm not taking. I'm not taking that. I'm done. Yeah, that's how they trap you. Don't do I'm it. Done. Anyway, remember when I was like, "Can I change the subject?" Like 30 minutes ago. Yeah. I was gonna ask you um, if you believe in ghosts. 
Yeah, we better just spend a whole episode on that because I got <laughs> stories and but I'm going to have to yes do some or no. research. Yes or no? I declined to comment. You'll okay. Have, okay, fine. You'll next have to wait for next, next week. Fine. Sounds good. Um. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a little teaser. I'm going to have to hit the books on that because I want some actual, uh, some tangible arguments to go about yeah. this. Yeah, okay. Sounds good. I have, I have a story, too. All right, good. Write it down. I got it up here. I didn't mean for that to be hostile. Everyone. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll start working on my PhD. Uh, see you guys next week. Bye. <laughs> Bye.